0: This is the podium finish live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tionson,
1: and a good good day to everyone out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcasting platforms you're listening to. This is the podium finish live. I'm your host, Rob Tionson. Joined alongside, as always, Nathan Solomon, and it's a really exciting edition, episode number 47, because it's the post-Texas, pre talladega edition of our podcast. I am fresh off the seven and a half hours of that Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. You try to say that five times fast, folks. That was an exciting race weekend. Um, my definition of an exciting means there's plenty of stories. A lot of the folks may have not felt a Texas Motor Speedway was a great race, but Hey, I was there in person. I said, I think it was great um, in terms of the drama and action, but we have a lot to get to on the fastest hour of racing talk. Now, before we bring in Nathan and talk about who's on the hot seat, I want to give some kudos to a lot of folks who made this weekend possible, starting off, of course, with the Texas Motor Speedway staff of David Hart, Tyler Head, um, all of those folks from SMI. Thank you so much for being such great guests. and also a great host to us as well, and the NASCAR Media staff uh, staff of Steph Harris, Sam Zarek, Elisa Cortina, Rhian Mitchell. You were all so great to me, very accommodating, and uh, I am so honored to cover these races and cannot wait to be back. I know a lot of folks are asking me, when will I be back at another race after this uh, weekend at Texas? And uh, all I can say is, My vision is now set on 2023, but of course, I'm going to give it all I got for the rest of the the season, as I always do. But um, I also want to give some shout outs to Sean Folsom and Dylan Nadwani. And of course, in a somewhat guest appearance, although he did more work really for Reddit NASCAR, uh, John Arndt. Great, great job, gentlemen, on those awesome shots that we're going to be getting out there in the next several weeks. And I am so excited because for the first time in about a month or two, we have a guest in the hot seat by way of this past weekend's winner of the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500, Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight Lenovo Chevrolet Camaro from Richard Childress Racing. And also, yes, the driver of the Traders restaurant car, which meant that for some folks on Monday night, you got to enjoy some chicken tenders. So if you did, thank Mr. Reddick. If he didn't, then you're gonna have to hope he wins another time this season. Which, hey, he just might because his mission this year is to basically finish fifth in points. But we'll get here from Tyler later on in this show because he's gonna talk about what his goal is basically the rest of the year, how he's looking to close out his chapter at RCR, and also to some fun questions that I've never asked any driver on this program. So can't wait for that. But why don't we bring in Nathan right now because uh we've got a lot to get to on this show and i know he's got a lot of thoughts about texas so nathan good to have you on how are you doing
2: today excuse me doing very well as always um you know we've got certainly got a lot to talk about from a i guess kind of controversial texas motor speedway weekend um and of course looking into um talladega weekend which i hate to be a debbie downer which talladega weekend might turn into talladega week because Like, and by week, I mean next week because of the hurricane. So um, hopefully um, we can still get in the races this weekend. But um, yeah, excited to talk all things NASCAR as usual.
1: And of course, for those folks along the path of Hurricane Ian, we do hope that you all are going to be safe. And if you have to evacuate, do so. Things can get replaced. Lives cannot be replaced. So, um, you know, we are certainly hoping those in the path of the storm to keep out of harm's way. And uh, hopefully it's not as bad as it's looking, but certainly um, if you need to have an escape from all of that, we hope that TPF Live can be on the little haven from all of that. So just thinking about it, all you folks along the Gulf, the Gulf uh, Florida Coastline, you know, Carolinas, Georgia, anyone in the path of Ian, it's no storm to mess around with for sure. Now, before we get to Podium Perspectives, which is the first segment of our show, I do want to promote our partners over at SpoilerDieCast.com as they have the latest and greatest in NASCAR DieCast collectibles and also some hidden gems. I know for a fact that I've got my eyes on a 2001 Dale Jarrett UPS 164 car from Revell Collectibles. So if you're looking to make your man cave look great or you're shopping for your you know your kids, your nephew or niece or you 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 know you lost a car, you're looking for that replacement <clears throat> like me. Spoiler.gas.com has all of those goodies and more. So if you spend $20 or more on in stock items or pre-order items, you can save 5% off your orders and get free shipping by using promo code TPF So head on over to spoilerdiecast.com and use promo code TPF to get 5% on orders of $20 or more in stock items or pre-order items. And uh, I can promise you, you will not be disappointed. Spoilerdiecast.com for the latest and greatest in NASCAR collectibles and for some of those nostalgic items that you probably can weasel your way out of an excuse with your spouse, girlfriend, wife, whoever. So We hope you check them out. They're really great friends of our community and our podcast. But right now, why don't we get to podium perspectives? Because I know I'm ready to do it right now. So let's do it. Now, I'm sure a lot of folks who watched the seven and a half hours of Texas Motor Speedway on Sunday night realized that we had a lot of tire issues that involved playoff contenders. And even those who, you know, were eliminated from the playoffs were, were of course, contending for the victory. In fact, we were kind of joking in the media center that you probably didn't want to be leading the race, at least until the final lap. Uh, uh, Kevin Harvick can tell you that. Uh, Chase Elliott can tell you that. Martin Truex Jr. can tell you that. Uh, Kyle Bush, the list goes on and on. So many drivers had tire issues. And it got so bad that Goodyear uh, director of racing tires, Greg Stucker, stopped by the media center for an impromptu scrum with about 12 laps to go to basically answer questions from us about what was going on. So we're here, we're going to hear a little bit from Greg about what happened because certainly he wanted to let folks know that he's well aware of it and that the Goodyear team is hard at work to prevent such issues. So here's Greg from Sunday night about what happened at Texas. Greg, do you think there has to be some uh, off-season testing at some of these tracks, like different varieties of tracks to try to figure out the compound? And... Oh, yeah,
3: we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that anyway, right? I mean, yeah. we do that all the time to try to keep, keep the ball moving and, and you know, make, make uh, you know, make changes as we need to. This particular package was new at, uh, was new at Kansas, you know, specifically for racetracks like this. So, uh, you know, it's a significant gain, um, you know, and longevity and, and, you know, guys continue to push the envelope, but we'll continue to work on it, no doubt.
1: In addition to that, of course, I was in the post brace media scrum and basically I asked a lot of drivers, you know, what was going on? You know, was it, You know, the drivers and teams pushing the limitations by NASCAR or the teams really just not adhering to the minimum air pressure settings recommended by Goodyear. Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Larson chimed in on that. So here's their reactions straight from the racetrack on Sunday evening. Ryan, it was was just a tough night with the entire situations that were going on. I mean, were you just kind of like holding on for dear life, hoping it wouldn't happen to you guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems at this point it's just flip the coin i i don't know what causes these tire issues i don't think anybody does and, uh, it's unfortunate that it keeps happening where you can just be riding along and blowing out and, and your day it's not safe at all actually i mean it's another part of it so love to tell you what it, you know what happens
3: but i just don't know
1: after a race like this doesn't this make talladega and the charlotte will seem a little bit more like oh thank goodness
0: uh i don't know it, both of them will be crazy and uh, <laughs> i mean that whole season this year has been wild. You know, I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy year and seen really hard racing. Um, yeah, Talladega will be the same thing. It'll be a normal Talladega of, of being pretty crazy and stage points are big and trying to stay at a wreck and try to be there at the end. It's, it's something, uh, you know, you, you just hope you can make it to the end of that race. You know, that's one of the biggest things we all talk about. And um, I'd like to finish it, that's for sure. Uh, and not in the style that we did in Daytona. I'd like to actually be the thing being one piece and those finishes. how How do you as a
1: competitor daniel that was a hell of a night for all of you playoff contenders but uh what's your thoughts on this race tonight it
3: was a little bit crazy definitely wasn't wasn't what we were expecting or what we're hoping for the car was uh car was a handful um I think we had a decent point date, but definitely wasn't great either. So we just have to continue to work, continue to get better, learn uh, what we could have done uh, better uh, this weekend and uh, come back stronger.
1: Could you comment on some of the tire issues that we saw a lot of contenders have tonight? I mean, it seems like a lot of folks were having some issues with the tires.
3: Yeah, they were pushing the air pressure too, too hard. I mean, it's no surprise We're expecting that. Uh, the lower you go, the more grip you have, uh, and, and, and that comes with a, with a risk of blowing the tire. So, so all those guys that uh, that blew a tire, I mean, I, I bet they are no surprised. They, they were the lower. I'm pretty sure they were the lower of the group. So, um, you know, it's, it's part of the game. Uh, there is uh, there is always risk versus reward.
1: Absolutely. I mean, after a race like this, doesn't it make Talladega and the Roval seem a little bit calmer now?
3: No, <laughs> not really. Uh, Talladega is always crazy, but we see. Uh, we have to group uh, get a little bit better and uh, come back stronger for the next couple. Thanks you. Well
1: tonight had to be like a Darwin survival of the fittest race I mean you were up and down this leaderboard all night long are you just glad to get a top 10 finish and just go on the Talladega and the Roval?
0: Yeah I mean I'm glad because it could have been worse but I'm also mad because it should have been a lot better but um you have days like that but we did a good job fighting and overcoming and passed a ton of cars that nobody passed more cars than we did so um, yeah, I mean, good to get a top ten. You know, Would have been a lot better.
1: I mean, you had a great long run speed. You had pace in the stage one. And in stage two, it's just like everything was just kind of crazy there. So, I mean, how encouraged are you to know that when we get to the leader intermediates in the round of eight, that you have some pace to go for wins?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just hope you get to that round. So, um, yeah, I mean, great car. So proud of that. Um uh, look forward to you know, moving on hopefully somehow have a clean day at egg and, and have a good race for roll.
1: We talked earlier this week about how you just kind of keep cool under the pressure and not to put too much uh, stress on yourself. Was that important today with how hot it was early on and then
0: all the, the madness that happened in this race? I think it's just important to stay cool and calm. You know, when, whenever I would lose spots on pit road, you know, just try to shake it off and get focused on passing all those cars again. So. Um, yeah, try to do my best to, to not take myself out of it mentally, and, and I think they've you know, paid off.
1: Certainly, and other folks were having tire issues today. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, if you could comment on that, and do you think there's some work that needs to be done during the offseason? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Thank you, Kyle. Now, Nathan, we've heard from Greg Stucker. we heard from Suarez, Blaney, and Larson about all that went on with tire failures at Texas Motor Speedway. And now you caught a bit of the race on Sunday night. I mean were the teams skirting with limitations by NASCAR as well as pushing the maximum or was there something else that you think was going on besides what the drivers and, you know, could you share with me on the, in the bullpen?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, compl- it's not, it's hard to fully tell because obviously we don't know as outsiders, like exactly like what air pressures teams are running. So it's, it's hard to exactly, um, fully be able to comment on that, but I think it overall, it's a combination of everything. I mean, um, I think the Texas motor speedway reconfiguration leads to high speeds in different places where in other mile and a half holes, you wouldn't maybe see as much speed. I think that's some of it. Um, I think some of it is just also a product of the the new car, not necessarily the new tire, but the new car, um, just the way the new car drives. Um, I think it was, Rodney Childers or I think it was Rodney Childers. I know he's saying something on Twitter and I, that I thought it was interesting. I think it just had to kind of do with the load, like the load is completely different and the balance is completely different with the way that um, they set these things up. So it just kind of wears the tires differently. Um, and then I think the tire itself does need improving as well, but um, all of these, I think lead to just, you know, I, they're just, there needs to be more testing. And yeah, um, you know, we only have 20 minute practice sessions before every race. That's was certainly concern before the season started when NASCAR announced it. Um, I personally think in hindsight, maybe they wish they would have done more practice and have given teams more time to try things would have allowed teams to do short runs, long runs, a little bit of everything. So um, I think hopefully next year, we see a little bit more practice, but I think that NASCAR needs to allow for more testing in the off season. Like, there's several tracks where I think weather will permit, where they can do some testing over the offseason, like Charlotte, Atlanta, Darlington, um, even Martinsville at times, um, Homestead, uh, I forgot if I said Daytona already, um, um, Talladega, a couple of your West Coast tracks, so Texas, Dakota, like th- those are tracks where, where, where they can be testing, I think they should be testing um you know do open tests the organizational tests where um teams can have a couple days you know all day long just to kind of try different things and do those short runs long runs collect data see oh this is what my tire looks like if i have you know this much load on the right front this much load on you know here you know they can just try different things collect data and and, and see what works and see what doesn't and at the same time i think goodyear needs to keep doing tests and they need to be continue to be very proactive with testing um you know go back to all these new tracks again next year um and and keep testing tires um so i I think that that that's my saying and i think a lot of it's just a result of not having enough time with this car and and just not having enough practice time so i I think going into this next season um gotta test car more gotta practice car more um and i think we see less of these issues and and just keep continuing to develop the car because car certainly needs work i mean don't get me wrong i don't want to get too much off of the tangent but just like with the whole safety thing um obviously another huge safety scare Sunday with with the Cody Ware crash thankfully he's okay but um safety is also another issue there too so um there's a lot of things that need to get worked out with this car and the parts and the pieces and and the things that surround this car um like I know there's maybe some parts or, or, or some issues that could have been prevented if they were if the teams were able to fix it and it wasn't so um, manufacturer in, in NASCAR driven, like the, the cars and the parts itself. So um, I think they're gonna have to figure that out, whether it's, um, you know, allowing the teams to get involved a little bit more, I'm not saying with everything, but just maybe some particular parts or aspects of the car, they can have a little bit more say, and a little bit more input. Um, but something's got to change in, you know, with, with the tires, with the testing, with the safety, um, There's just a lot of things that need to get worked out with this car. I like the racing, I like the product, I like the idea, just it's by no means perfect. It's got a lot of ways to go.
1: Oh, certainly. I mean, the next gen car, this is the most radical change, I think, in all of NASCAR racing ever, at least in the years I've been watching and covering the sport. And, you know, you bring up some great points, Nathan, about the lack of practice and testing. And I, was, I, was, I have to admit, I was a little bit shocked that we didn't have more open organization testing sessions at various tracks. I know we had that at Daytona, We had one in Phoenix, but I think we had to have a bit more variety to test out the car's components, figure out, you know, what's the maximum that these cars can tolerate before there's going to be some kind of failure um, or some kind of issue that can be addressed in a test session versus having it unfold in a cup race that's points paying and putting these drivers out, you know, at risk of getting injured in these cars, you know, The other thing, too, I think, and I'm glad you mentioned Texas, they need to test a different variety of tracks. And, you know, Greg Sucker did mention that um, in the bullpen about how, you know, they're always working to figure out the best compound. And, you know, they're trying to make sure that it satiates this new car because it's not not really like the Gen 6 car or anything before it. This is revolutionary in so many ways for the premier division. So, in that they're put in the bad situation. I know that, you know, some folks, when I say some folks, I mean some drivers shared some opinions and basically didn't provide solutions. And, you know, you mentioned about Rodney Childers, who tweeted yesterday morning some of his suggestions. And I think folks, you should check that out. Uh, you know, you don't totally have to understand the, me- the nuances, the mechanical aspects of what he suggested. But certainly, if you're going to recognize a problem, that's great but you also have to know the solution or at least has some kind of suggestion that can be experimented on, tried out during an actual test session. Um, and this tire compound at Texas, it was the same one that we saw at Kansas, which I know that was not exactly the best of situations, especially if you asked Tyler Reddick about it. Um, and he was asked about that during the press conference on Sunday night. So Goodyear is hard at work. They're trying to figure out things and we can't dismiss the fact that teams always push the limits to get that extra 10th on the racetrack. And especially in the playoffs, every little bit helps in terms of getting the edge over your competitor. Um, So stay tuned to this folks. This is not the end of it. I'm sure not so much at Talladega and not so much at the Roval, but you know, in about three weeks time, when we get to Vegas, Let's see what happens. And then because Homestead's going to be right after that too. So there's a lot on the line with what's going to happen. And we certainly want to see good racing. We want to see the drivers being okay and safe if they get into a bit of trouble. But we also don't want to keep talking about mechanical and tire failures because that's certainly not the best part for sure. Now, kind of a topic one A to everything before we get to our second topic. And um uh, I kind of got revealed or announced per se on Tuesday afternoon, which is typically the day that um, penalties are announced. No surprise that Ty Gibbs, driver of the number 23 Monster Energy Toyota Camry was penalized for making a retaliatory contact with his vehicle to the number 42 Petty GMS ride of Ty Dillon. And as a result, Ty Dillon was fine, Ty Gibbs rather, was fined $75,000. And his team has been assessed with a loss of 25 owner points. But the bigger penalty has to be kind of what Topic 1A is really all about. Now, of course, just after, I think, after the lightning delay of 55 minutes, Danny Hamlin and William Byron engaged in a bit of bumper car action on the racetrack. Now, Fortunately for you fans at home and for folks who can go into nascar.com backslash drive, you know for a fact that for the rest of the season, you have access to all of these in-car cameras. And the camera does never does not lie about what happened, that uh, William Byron spun Danny Hamlin out as they were crossing the stripe. And le- at least to say, Hamlin was very perturbed and William Byron was kind of like, hey, man, he did me wrong. <laughs> so as a result, William Byron got fined $50,000. And not only that, he has been assessed with a 25-point penalty as well as the team itself. They were assessed a 25-owner point penalty, and that drops him out of the cut line, which is pretty pivotal during this time of the year. Rather than being... 17 points to the good, which would have put them 5th in points. They have dropped all the way down to 10th. And you don't want to be below the cut line during the round of 12 because now you've got Talladega looming. And then the week after that, we've got the Roval. Let me tell you, that is not going to be a pedestrian race in Charlotte. It's going to be pretty messy, which we'll talk about next week. But Talladega in its own, on its own it's going to be, well, when Hurricane Ann gets out of the way. That race is just going to be absolutely bonkers. I mean, you might need the goodies headache powder for that. So Nathan, I mean, I know this was kind of a late-breaking situation when we recorded on Tuesday, but I mean, was this penalty warranted? Would it have been brought up if social media had not been around and if Danny Hamlin wasn't hooting and hollering on his radio about it? And do you think the, you know the consequences were justified or should hamlin also have been also penalized too i don't know i mean i'm just curious to hear what your thoughts were
2: i think for the most part both both penalties are pretty fair i mean <clears throat> excuse me including the ty gibbs one i mean william byron he basically loses all his playoff points for this round and some I mean, he's well below the below the cut line i mean he unintentionally um or sorry, he intentionally ruined another playoff competitor's day essentially by making a decision like look i understand he wasn't trying to spit him out i get that i believe that but he did though and was under caution so um that's obviously in call for you need to be a lot more disciplined um and, and, and recognize circumstances and, and recognize that um there could be implications with your decisions and that's obviously the case so um i mean denny hamlin had a chance to win that race um could have should have would have probably maybe could have won the race, but, um, he could because of, um, because of that decision Byron made. So I I think it's fair. I think it's a very fair decision by NASCAR to, um, to penalize Byron for that. And now, I mean, he's got a lot of work through He's either got to win these next two races. I know he's not a bad super speedway racer. So I don't think winning, um, on Sunday or whenever the races ran at Talladega, I don't think that's out of the question at all, but, um, He's got a little bit of work to do for sure, and the Ty Gibbs situation—that is just stupid. Like I don't know what he was thinking. Like I'm like that was—I I don't even know. Like I think I mean Larry McReynolds had played the rant today on um or, or Tuesday on SiriusXM on NASCAR Radio, and I, I it was pretty good. And I mean just making that decision—not just on pit road, but when there's an entire crew pitting a car directly to your left and two NASCAR officials directly to your left, like, that is just so stupid. Like, you couldn't, you know, it, it's just such an unsafe situation. Those guys, if they got hit, like, they would have been – they could have been very, very injured, if not worse than that. So, um, complete boneheaded decision by Gibbs. I think he probably should have gotten penalized more because it's it's very, very unsafe situation and, and something that could have easily been avoided. So, um. Look, I think Ty Gibbs' his talent level is ready for him to be a cup series driver, but um every you know every here and there he he does he makes decisions um you know that that show that maybe he isn't necessarily mature enough for the cup series so um it's certainly something to to pay attention to uh, obviously his name's you know the he he's the likely candidate to drive the eighteen car or, or whatever that car number will be next year to replace Kyle Bush, but like I mentioned his talent is cup series ready but is his maturity cup series ready and uh, i think there's circumstances where he does you know makes poor decisions like that or um where we think no he's not ready and maybe has a, a couple of you know good weeks or a couple of months or where he, where he's good and he behaves himself and, and makes bright decisions and then right when, when we basically forget about everything he makes another poor decision so It's kind of a um, repeat cycle for him, unfortunately, and he's going to need to be a lot more mature than that if if you're going to be in the Cup Series. And like McReynolds said, it doesn't really matter how old you are. If you're driving in the Cup Series, you're expected to be mature and not make stupid decisions like that because that was stupid.
1: Certainly. I mean, I agree with Larry McReynolds, what he said on Series XM. His exact quote was, there were two NASCAR officials standing there. And if I hear one more person, one more announcer, one more human being saying he's just 19, okay, don't go don't go racing cup. Go back and run Xfinity or go back and run late models until you learn how to carry yourself. I'm not buying that one. You're in the cup series. I don't care if you're nine, 19, or 49. You need to know when to and when not to. Absolutely. And the other thing too is this is the second behavioral penalty because let's not forget at Martinsville, he certainly met the ire of Ma Mayor in that Xfinity race. So this is not like an, oops, I didn't mean to do that kind of move by Ty Gibbs. I mean, he kind of has a history going on with a bad behavior and he needs to really, you know, he, he needs to shape up. You know, I don't care that he's the grandson of one of the most prolific car owners of NASCAR, one of the best NFL coaches of all time. You do not get a pass for any of that. And if he continues to do that, I'm sorry. Someone else needs to be in that 18 car. Um, I would say Kyle Busch, but you know that's my opinion. We're, we're not going to go down that road. He's, he's already happy with Richard Childers Racing. And as he was asked um, what needs to be changed to make things better, all he said after Texas was 2023. But that's topic 1A. And now let's move on to topic number two at last, because... The playoff party crashing committee continued their winning ways. I mean, at this point, I'm almost convinced that they're going to go six weeks in a row and win all of these races, which then makes these later playoff races a lot more stressful because it makes getting that golden ticket to advance to the next round a lot harder. Now, the latest hero for this playoff party crashing committee, of course, was Tyler Reddick. He won his third race of his career and of the 2022 season and his first on an oval, which I asked him about this in the winning press conference. Um, you know, how important was it to get his first oval win given how frantic the race was. And also too, because I'm mean, and I like my chicken tenders. I asked him of course, about that Cheddar's winning free chicken tenders on money promo. So let's hear from Reddick from Texas about all of those because, hey, it's important. Rob Jensen from thepodfinish.net. Tyler, congratulations on win number three for the season. It's your first on an oval. Two questions for you. I mean, it was a wild race for sure, but how satisfying is this victory considering how frantic this was? And and I'll let you know for my second question, how excited are you to finally
0: get some chicken tenders for fans out there? And maybe for me too. Yeah. No, anytime that we can get that done, it's a big deal. Uh, going to a Cheddar's on Monday night, it's gonna be popping, That's for sure. There's gonna be a lot of free chicken tenders, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully everyone's chowing down. But, but yeah, to get it done to ovals, uh, it it is important. I, I didn't know where it was gonna come, but for it to be here is kind of a nice surprise. And and based off again how our day started, I didn't really know what our result was gonna be today. And we had we had a really strong car, but just things weren't going our way. But we were able to bounce back at the right times. And, and strategy kind of fell the way that it did. And again, our car was strong. So we were able to kind of mix it up. And it just turned out we had the right strategy. And we were able to be at the front when it mattered. And we were able to get to the lead and, and then hold on from there.
1: Now, Nathan, we heard from Tyler Reddick about what it was like to win at Texas. How he didn't expect it to happen at that track because... All season long, he's been fast everywhere. I mean, Fontana was the first race that I was convinced this guy was going to win multiple races. Um, Kansas hurt him so badly in terms of like trying to make to the round of 12, because really I thought he had the best car at Kansas before, you know, he had a situation there that took him out of contention. But at last he's won. He mentioned too that his goal is to finish fifth in points because he wants to really close out his chapter at RCR on a winning note. So, I mean, What's your thoughts on Redick winning his first Oval race? And do you think we're going to see a playoff contender win a race at last, or is it just not meant to be this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, really, it was just a matter of time until until Redick won on an Oval. Obviously, we knew he's a very good road course racer. Um, like you mentioned, I've been in the mix for a lot of those Oval races in the past. This year it just hasn't really gotten it done. Just a lot of different sequences of bad luck, really, that have uh, kind of prevented that from happening. But... Um, I mean, obviously good for him third one of the year certainly has to be a very bittersweet victory for him knowing um that he didn't transfer into the round of 12 and then a week later after the round of, of 16 ends he all of a sudden just goes out there and wins a race kind of an eric jones situation from like three weeks ago he's not able to look at the win at daytona and the playoff opener he wins and then it's just like man if he did that one week earlier or conversely, like if Jones won at Talladega in the spring where he was leading on the final lap, um, then he would have been in the, in the round of 12 and it would have really shook everything up in the playoffs. But um, no, I mean, it certainly, uh, it was expected that Redick would finally win on the, on an oval. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he thought it was going to be on Sunday, just with all the chaos and um, nor did he think he probably had the best car either. But um, again, things just kind of play itself out sometimes, you know, if you have a, Sometimes if you have a bad day, it ends up being a good day. If you have a bad car, it ends up being a good day. And, and sometimes if you have a, a, a good car, it ends up being a, a really bad day. It's just kind of how racing is. So um, I'm sure, you know, there, there's a couple more really good tracks for him coming up. Obviously, another road course here in two weeks. Um, he's really good at Homestead. That's in the round of eight. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if Reddick gets back into victory lane again this year. And then in terms of a playoff driver finally winning a playoff race, I feel like since we're going to Talladega this week, that's the track that is so unpredictable. And everybody thinks, yeah, you know, um, that's when we'll get a different winner. That'll so, so Talladega naturally will will probably be a race that uh will have like playoff finisher or, or play, current playoff um drivers finish like one through six or something. So we'll see. I mean, it's due for the playoff driver to finally win, but we'll see if this uh, how long the streak continues. It's a it's a
1: very fun one to watch just because. You know, Darlington, I really not, didn't expect Eric Jones to win that. I really thought it would go to somebody already in the playoffs, like a Kyle Bush or a Tyler Reddick, who runs super well, or Joey Logano even, um, based on his performance in the spring race. Then we move on to the race at Kansas, and I thought for sure Kyle Larson was going to win that because he was super fast and really, really competitive against Kurt Bush in that one. And instead, we got Bubba Walls winning his second race of his career, but his first with the number 45 car number to help the 45 team win the owner's championship. Then the following weekend after that, Bristol happened and uh, Christopher Buescher uh, gets RFK Racing's first cup win. If you really want to go back in time and talk about Ross Fennery Racing, their first legitimate victory in cup in a points paying race really since 2017, which is shocking to say the least. So Texas Motor Speedway, we were both talking about how this would have been the race that a playoff contender would have won. And uh, Tyler Reddick, it's kind of funny to call him a member of the playoff party crashing committee because I really feel like he should be in the round of 12, but he just had way too many bad finishes to be in the mix and he got eliminated at Bristol. But, man, if he had survived the round of 16 to get to this one, he would be very dangerous in the round of eight, but, you know, finishing, trying to go for fifth in points is certainly very much a meaningful pursuit in terms of just getting the best finish you can and and money-wise too, of course. What driver wouldn't want to get more money? And the same for the team owner. So congratulations to Tyler Reddick on winning the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 Texas. And certainly I know, R.C. R.C. himself, Richard Childers, was pretty happy about it. And so was Grandal Burnett, the crew chief of the number 18. Another person who was very happy after the race at Texas was Noah Gregson, who won his fourth race in a row and his seventh of the season in the NASCAR Xfinity series. Really impressive, considering that means that he has vomited at least seven different times this year. Um... Somebody needs to get him a bark bag, or I don't know, because it's a. I have nothing more to say about that part. But what I will say is, uh, Noah Gregson has become Mister September in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which I think is going to be an intriguing story to see if he can continue that streak going to Talladega. And we know that we know what happened in the spring race at Talladega. He won that one, so it's very possible, folks, that he could win a fifth race in a row. That would be quite a story, to say the least. And along the way, too, A.J. Allmendinger, the regular season champion in the Xfinity Series, uh, his car looked as torn up as a car at Martinsville, and uh, he was able to come back and finish fourth despite all that happened in that backstretch crash. But the same can't be said for Justin Nolgaier and Brandon Jones. Unfortunately for both contenders, they were both involved in their respective accidents, and that puts them behind the eight ball. Or curveball or vicinity ball in terms of the round of 12. But let's hear from Noah first because, you know, I asked him how special it was to win at Texas. And much like Tyler Reddick, yes, I did ask a food question because in this case, I'm curious. I was curious to know, was he going to treat fans to another round of Waffle House? So let's hear from Noah Gregson very briefly here. Rob Tianxon from the PonyFinish.net. No, congratulations on your victory here today. i got two questions for you. You know, first of all, you think about how the the spring race was not exactly the greatest one, and then today you turned around and got the uh, cowboy hat. How special is it to win here at Texas? And then secondly, are you going to Waffle House and treating some fans tonight?
2: Yeah, I think we're gonna go get some waffles and probably go find a uh, store that sells cowboy hats and buy all the guys cowboy hats, and um, probably my buddy Cole, he's, Having a concert here uh, tonight, so I'm gonna go over there and uh, hang out with them. And I don't really know where I'm staying tonight now that we won. Um, I haven't had a sip of alcohol yet, so that's pretty good for me uh, at this point. But uh, yeah, just uh, super excited, and we're gonna have some fun, that's for sure. Thank you.
1: And Nathan, I know that, um, I don't know if you're a fan of Waffle House, if, you're, if you've never been to one, I'll tell you it's a pretty awesome place to have a really good, affordable breakfast at any time. And for those who drink, it's probably a good place to get your hangover cured. I don't drink, but I'm just saying. But anyways, no, uh, Nathan, can Noah Gregson be stopped at this point? And can those below the cut line make some noise at Talladega?
2: so fun fact i've never been to a waffle house um there are not any waffle houses up in my direction so no uh, no new york waffle houses really but um yeah pretty impressive month for Noah gregson sweep the entire month so one all one all four races in the month of september um and he did a pretty good job of kind of shutting some of the doubters up like um I think even going into this year, there's a lot of people, and honestly, even me a little bit that, that may have been a little bit skeptical skeptical about the fact that if he might be ready for cup racing or not, because when, when the season started, um, you know, obviously Collick is putting him in the 16 car for, for a handful of races, but when the season started, obviously there's still a lot of skept- speculation that Gregson would be moving to cup in, um, in 2023. And he had uh, an okay start to the year. I mean, look, he won three times through August, but um, this tear that he's gone on in, in September has been been pretty incredible. So um, he's proving to everybody that, yeah, he's a Cup Series talent. I mean, now a, a, a series leading seven victories in, in a bunch of different ways. Obviously, there's a range shortened victory. There have been some, um, or not a range shortened victory, actually. I forgot it wasn't. Uh, we know. Yeah, range shortened victory. Kansas, Kansas, I was thinking yeah. of Darlington. A rain short uh, wild finish at Darlington. Um and, and then races where he just dominates. I mean he's he's done a great job of managing his races, um, and just finding himself in the right place at the right time. I mean, it's not really it's not really luck, but um, like I said, just doing a good job of managing him, his stuff, being patient and uh resulting in victories. So um he, he's very much cup ready now, that's for sure. So I think that he'll he'll slide right into the forties. For uh, Petty GMS next year, and uh, uh we'll definitely be very competitive when he does that. But for the meanwhile, he's he's locked into the round of eight. He has two races that really don't mean a whole heck of a lot except for playoff points. Um, I'm sure if he can get get some more wins and stage wins to try to go out and um had his playoff points, I'm sure he'll, he'll really like that. So um uh, right now, I think you can say this for starting though that he is the championship favorite,
1: easily, easily the man to beat the Xfinity series. And I also have to think there's a big, big factor as to why he's winning these races. Besides the fact that Junior Motorsports has all of those old Hendrick Motorsports cars in the Gen 6 era. Let's give some props to that crew chief over there, Luke Lambert. I mean, those two, when they got paired up together and they found their stride, it is like watching Aaron Judge getting those home runs for the New York Yankees. Yes, I did have to make a New York Yankees reference, but I mean, it's fun to watch. When somebody's on a roll like they are, I don't care if you're a fan of that person or not. I don't care if, you know, your favorite team or driver is getting their, you know, what whoops. You, you got to, you know, as they say in the industry, you got to tip your cap to that individual. And uh, I'm doing that right now. Um, Noah Gregson is just, he's a force right now. And somebody better look at their Google Map app after this program find out if there's a Waffle House by Talladega. I know there's one by Charlotte Motor Speedway. So maybe we should count him as the victor already if Almondinger comes up short in that one. And then I'm sure there's one at Vegas. I'm sure there's one near a Homestead. I can't speak for Martinsville. I don't, I'm not familiar with that area.
2: Hey, he won't need but a Waffle he... House next weekend because he just go to the Boulevard. Yeah, that's true. I
1: suppose so. So I guess that's why he got the victory out of the way, folks. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know... He's, he's he's just awesome to watch. And um, years from now, we're going to look at this run and be amazed. I mean, people back in the eighties were amazed by Sam Ard, a really amazing Xfinity driver that Dale Jr. brought up in his version, his segment of the winter's press conference. And uh, he hoped folks would recognize, or at least look back at what Ard did. And I, I suppose that folks 20, 30 years from now, will look at what Noah Gregson accomplished and go, wow. What a shriek, Mr. September went on. So Talladega Super Speedway, man. I mean, he, he could be the guy to beat when it comes to that race. And speaking of, that yeah, does lead us to our last topic on Podium Perspectives. It's winning time. And in this case, Ethan, I'm going to let you have the floor for this first because I want you to name a surefire winner and a dark horse for all three Daz Car Playoff races, the truck, xfinity and cup races and you can't say mother nature so let's hear hear your picks right now
2: mother nature <laughs> damn it uh, <laughs> um i know it, mother nature might win unfortunately i hope not but um honestly for picking th- these races i'm better off drawing three names out of the hat one for each series just because of how random some of the winners were last time i mean we had tate fogelman in the truck race um brandon brown in the xfinity race Bubba in the cup race um, I feel like we see a little random, randomness. I think we at least see one, like, complete dark horse upset winner. Um, what series will it be, though? Um, okay. In the truck series, I'm going to go with Matt Benedetto to win. Um, so a little bit of an upset. He knows how to race super speedway races. I know in the Cup Series he had trouble sometimes finishing off those races, but, um... I think you know he's due to win a race, so I'll go Matt Benedetto to win the truck race. Maybe as a little as a dark horse, we could go honestly. How about someone like Haley Deegan? I mean, she's due to have a very good run. I know she has one top ten this year. Um, super speedways are good opportunities to um, get in top tens, top fives for for people that maybe have been struggling a little bit more throughout the season. Um, in the Xfinity series, I feel like college racing always has. Very good super speed racing equipment. Um, Chevrolet as a whole. Um, I know Justin Haley can't do this race, so I can't pick him, but uh, I'll go Daniel Hemrick. I mean, Daniel Hemrick's had a really quiet season. Um, again, not a bad super speed racer. He's a good super speed racing equipment. I think he finally breaks through with the victory this season. Underdog pick, I'll, I'll go Flasters winner, Brandon Brown. He's also a, a good super speed racer. Was up in the mix for a while at Daytona, so um Uncle Brandon Brown, and also you can't rule out Jeremy Clements either. The guy who won Daytona, uh, another good opportunity for him. I mean, he's gonna have to win now. I knew he, I think he blew up at Texas, so um, really needs to win one of these next two races to get in. And hey, he's won a Super Series race in the City Series. He's won a road course, so it's certainly possible. But in the NASCAR Cup Series, this race feels completely wide open. I really have no feel for this one. Um, Austin Dillon won the Daytona race. Um, who, the cup race in the spring. I'm blanking on who won the race, but I should know this. Um, who will win Sunday at Talladega? I'm leaning... Was that?
1: Ross Chastain was
2: the cup Ross, winner. that's right. Oh my gosh, I should have known that. That's so bad. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm going to with Eric Jones again, honestly. Um, hmm. He almost won the Talladega race in the spring. He's always in the mix. He's won Daytona before. Go oh, Eric Jones to win on um on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or whenever the race is. Uh, <laughs> even though I've predicted that I think another playoff driver will win, I'm naturally pretty wrong. I'm wrong pretty often. Um, as a dark horse pick, um I will go with
1: I was Ty Gibbs.
3: The that'll redemption my, angle.
2: Yeah, that'll be my that'll be my dark horse his first cup series, uh, super speedway race. So will see how he does.
1: I mean, if he's going to try to get that 18 car, uh, for next season, beyond the fact that his grandfather is the car owner, that's uh, a, uh, that's a probably good way to convince folks that yeah, maybe he's the man to take over Kyle Busch and his amazing tenure in that ride. Yeah. I think those are some pretty good picks to say the least. Now it's my turn to go for winning time here and this one's going to be tough because, like you said, it's wide open and at least one dark horse pick is going to be right for us. For the truck race, unfortunately, Tate them in as of right now, it does not look, look like he will be able to defend that race because he's not on the entry list from what I can see. So let me go and apply some of my gut feeling with both a surefire and dark horse pick for each of these races, starting off for the truck series race, which, of course, is the 17th annual. Chevy Silverado 250, which you can catch at 12.30 p.m. East Coast time on Saturday, October 1, maybe. Hopefully. We'll see. If all goes well, it will be caught on FS1 at that time. Now, going back to the entry list. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to say Parker Kligerman repeats uh, a feat he accomplished at Mid-Ohio, a feat that he accomplished at Talladega in 2012 and 2017 he'll get his fourth truck series victory and plant the flag. But if he doesn't get, get it done, you, you mentioned about Matt Benedetto. I, Hey, you, you never know. I mean, all year long I've been saying Carson Hosevar has been due a victory and it's been at racetracks that I figured he'd win at, but we're going to see what he does at a super speedway. So I'll go with Carson Josef to get the job done in that truck race. If you know, We don't see Parker park it in Victory Lane. Now, as far as the Sparks 300 Xfinity race at Talladega, that race can also be caught on Saturday, October 1st, fingers crossed, at 4 p.m. East Coast time, and that is on USA, USA Network. This one's kind of a tough one for me because, again, it's a pretty wide open field. I mean, anybody from basically Sam Mayer down to even, yes, mike Harmon can win this race i'm you know i'm not gonna say Mike Harmon will win the race but hey crazier things have happened in our lifetime at, t- at this track so in terms of a race winning pick i already said parker for the truck race i'll be greedy i think he sweeps those races he'll get the victories for both events which <laughs> makes him wonder why he's in the cup side he is doing pit reporting versus being in a race car because that man deserves to be cup racing right now but that's my opinion so i'll go i'll go with him for the winning pick as far as the dark horse is concerned yes this might be because i'm proud of being from bellingham massachusetts sometimes i am going to say the man that drives a number 38 ford mustang from rss racing will be in the mix as a dark horse pick cj mclaughlin he finished at the texas which I, I don't think a lot of folks paid attention to because he spun up very early and, you know, probably social media was thinking, huh, there's another bad race for CJ. Why is, why is he in that ride? And uh, yes, tr- Tritian played a role in it, but CJ is a really, really smart race car driver. He knows how to get it done. You know, the circumstances are in his favor. So I'll go with him as a dark horse, but for a backup dark horse pick, who wouldn't want to see the Rhino? win his first uh, Xfinity race. I'm talking about Ryan Vargas, of course. He will be in John Arndt's favorite race car probably ever in his lifetime, unless Podium Finish sponsors a race car. I'm talking about Reddit NASCAR. They'll be sponsoring the number six car. So Ryan Vargas, if he wins, I better see some chicken nuggets in victory lane. That's all I'm going to say. Now, moving on to the Yellowwood 500. Yeah, Yellowwood 500 fans. I, I just wanted to say that word twice. That race is tentatively scheduled for Sunday, October 2nd, 2 p.m. East Coast time. And that is on nothing but commercials, NBC. Nothing but commercials, of law and order, that is. Anyways, the defending race winner from last year, of course. Oh, goodness gracious, Bubba Walls. I mean, that was a big, big victory for him to get that victory. Albeit, you know, yes, it was because it was rain shortened, but the man did have a good run. Who wouldn't want to see him win in his home state again? So in this case, I'm going to go backwards. He is my dark horse pick just because I think, hey, we didn't expect him to do well at Kansas. He got the victory there. So I, I'd say he's a, he's going to be in the Knicks for sure. As far as a cup race winner is concerned, we, you, we've been talking about is a playoff driver going to win again uh, at all, rather, or is it going to be a playoff party crashing committee driver? In this case, I am going to go very extreme here. I am putting all my cards on the table. Not literally, just figuratively. Who wants to see Todd Gilliland win his first cup race? I sure do. It would be pretty fun. And uh, he, he's been really calm and just relaxed in these last several weeks. i He doesn't seem like a cup rookie to me. And Front Row Motorsports knows how to surprise us all at these big tracks. So... I'm not going with the usual favorites. I am not going with this guy whose hat I'm wearing. I am going to go with Todd Todd Gilliland. So we'll see what happens. Again, we hope Mother Nature doesn't win. As of right now, it seems like Saturday is probably going to be a a wash. And Sunday is probably overcast. So I'm interested to see what NASCAR's contingency plan will be. But for now, those are our picks. folks at home. Who do you think is going to win these races? Tweet to us. At the podium finish, Nathan's is at nsoli 2 I am at Rob Tiongson. That's T-I-O-N-G-S-O-N. And I, we want to hear your picks. If you happen to pick the winning drivers or driver of any of those races, I will get you a diecast car from SpoilerDieCast.com, 164 scale, of course. So get those winning picks tweeted to us, and we want to hear your reactions on that. Now, before we get to the end of our show, I am so happy to finally bring this back because it's time for the hot seat. Now, this is going to be a really fun edition of In the Hot Seat because we Hopefully, we're timing these drivers really well, because Tyler Reddick, of course, is coming off a victory at Texas. Now, full disclosure, this interview took place before the victory happened, before he even hit the racetrack. But um, Reddick was in such a great mood before all of the preliminaries took place. I mean, he was just very much just at peace, content. Just a man who was ready to go on a tear again in the Cup Series. And for somebody who would be in a lame duck situation, we've talked about this on TPF Live. Most folks wouldn't give it 100%. They would just stroke it to the end. But uh, that's not in Tyler Reddick's vocabulary. Look at 2018 when he was a junior in motorsports, and they pretty much knew that he was going to be out of that ride. And you know, I think that paved the way for Noah Griggs in the following season. So what did Tyler Reddick do? He won the championship. And uh, we know it's not been the best of situations with himself and Richard Childers, but as Richard Childers mentioned in the winning press conference, he's, you know, they're moving on putting their best foot forward and they're supporting each other with their goals to basically make things the best that they can be for the final stretch, whether it's the end of this season or maybe at the end of next year, because he's still under contract with RCR, but hey. <laughs> Contracts almost mean nothing in NASCAR. But, anyways, I digress. Talaretic and I talk about a lot of different things. And yes, folks, I do ask about the hair because um at Road, when he went at Road America, a lot of folks were sharing pictures of this shaggy haired, almost Justin Bieber looking Talaretic at a racetrack. So of course I had to ask him about it, but enjoy this 14-minute interview from Texas Motor Speedway because Talaretic. And I just cover about everything under the sun. So here's Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight Lenovo Chevrolet. And this is the audio format version. You can see the video version later this week. So here's in the hot seat with Tyler Reddick right now.
0: Welcome back to the Pony Finish Live. And I'm here with Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight Lenovo Chevrolet. How are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. It's, it's a little warm outside, but uh, a little bit. It's weird. Like, my, my phone said, uh, every time we come to Texas, like, the sun's pretty, pretty beaming. Yeah. But it was like, the sun's going to burn your skin more than usual. And <laughs> I was like, nah, it's, it's Texas. It won't be that much worse. It's way worse. I was in the sun for like like five minutes. I was like, oh, geez, It's tough out there. Well, maybe i give you some of my melanin cells. That would probably help a little bit, right? Good. Maybe. But you have the more sleep hair hanging in here the night Yeah, it was, uh, it was time to, um, I was trying to grow my hair out and I ran out of patience. I guess shocking right, drivers don't have patience, so I, I just got rid of it just in time for winter so my hair could be cold. All the uh, meta girls out
1: there are going to be a little disappointed about that, but that's okay. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, sure. Let's get down to the business though of course, but you and your teammate Austin Dillon have been having a terrific year. I know y'all missed the round of 12, but all in all, you guys won races, you've shown RCR, is very capable and
0: competent, getting back to the front of the field. What's it been like to be part of this progress since 2020, and especially knowing that this year's been a breakout year for you? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a long it's been a long process. Um, when I came into the Cup Series, you know, the team was not where it wanted to be. Um, certainly, we still want to get even better than where we are today. But um, to see that progress over the last couple of years, everyone just worked, working well together towards the same goals cars at the bring to the racetrack and the whole, whole piece it's been a great it's been a great deal um, it's been a lot of hard work but we really enjoyed the process and it's great to see that we've gotten our car so much better but it was still tough that uh, we both i mean just you know didn't quite have the race that we needed to in that first round uh, you know for us on uh, our car we had really fast cars two out of the three which is enough to get you through the round of 12. Um, austin Know, was doing as part of just you know cutting out and not allowing to have not allowing him or his team to have really bad races just consistently fight through it but unfortunately Bristol just didn't go away. Yeah. way. Well, Bristol's always a
1: crapshoot for sure but and you've still got seven more races to make something good happen this year. Speaking of I mean let's focus on the number 18's progress because you appreciate Fran Lavernette you guys have just been clicking since you guys have been put together the last couple of years. How proud
0: are you about the hard work that you both have Put in these past couple of seasons. Yeah, it's been great. Um, we've put a lot of lot of heart and, and effort into this um, into this team. We still are, and just things we've been able to do have been really really, really really great. Um, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our time together, and we're trying to, to, to win a few more races before before it's all said and done. And on a, and, a, and on another another note too. I mean, um, we may be out of the playoffs, but. We can still find a way to get to fifth in points. And that, that'd be a lot better than being 13th or 14th in points like we are. Right, this, right, here, 13th, or right at second. So uh, we got a lot of cars out there that are going to continue to fall out of the playoffs. And if we just go out there and keep putting on the good performances that we have all season long, I think we should be able to find ourselves. You know, uh, if we do everything right, we can get fifth. But I think it's very realistic when we can get back to you know eighth, ninth, sixth, seventh those spots are very up for grabs so we just execute the rest of the year like we were planning on doing anyway in the playoffs or not um that should be realistic absolutely i mean there's no shame in that that one thing other than that is like the playoffs have been
1: so crazy because the first few races it's been like the playoff ca- ca- crashing party yeah. happening with eric jones by Wallace, and uh, christopher busher winning this past week yeah. so
0: how confident are you to continue that uh, that spoiler what i definitely think it could happen um to you know, here at Texas, I would I would say that a, a team or a car that's going to win will more than likely be in that um, in that original group of 16 and made the playoffs. But I guess myself and, and Kevin and Kyle and Austin are, are not playoff cars anymore. And I think we all we've all had speed here in the past because um, of those other three, uh, not including myself, the one here in the Cup car. So yeah, I could very much continue. And then obviously you go to Talladega. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see anybody in the uh, and then the Roll Bowl we were really strong at too. So definitely that, that trend could continue for sure. And let's talk about one of the other intangibles
1: that's been probably responsible for all of this, the next gen car, and the positive end, of course. It's brought a lot of closer competition, a lot of fans have been like enjoying these closer races. From your perspective, how beneficial has this current cup
0: car been to kind of bring back the popularity of NASCAR? Yeah, definitely revitalized um, some of some of the, the energy around the sport. You know, we've been racing uh, a car that well, we've raced for, uh, in my opinion, a lot of the same suspension and parts and pieces since the inception of the NASCAR. You know, it's just been modernized along the way, and and you know, we pretty much reached a point where we couldn't. You know, about at the end of end of the car's life and how we can continue to engineer and come up with new ways to go faster so yeah it was time definitely to bring in a new car some of the safety concerns uh, with the old car or just with this car which has been great too Um, but for the most part yeah this car's been been really good it's been a lot safer in a lot of the big crashes where we've almost lost drivers um, in those severe crashes so uh, you know it it definitely uh, makes us as drivers feel safer when we we get in those big risk high risk uh, situations like in Daytona and Talladega um, and certainly it's changed the, the, the racing craft in the game. Uh, in that sense, a lot of these tracks out of car racing behind other cars. Um, so it was kind of like a reset and it really broke the field up. And, and obviously, you know, the car's pre spec'd out. There's not a lot that you can change or really, um, you know, alter at all. So, you know, everyone's working around the same box for the most part, and that really brought it together too. And say that um, you yeah. know, there's a little, little negative connotation at times from fans who say, "Oh, Spec series
1: that's, that's, the, that's the Cup Series, but if you look at all the pros that we've gained from this car,
0: I'd say, my perspective least as press, it's a, you know, we can deal with that, right? Yeah, no, I mean, there is with, with anything that, that, that changes, there's pros and cons, it's just part of it. Um, you know, it's a new car, um, really new to, to a lot of us, uh, still new to NASCAR teams, so I mean, there's gonna be bumps along the way but uh, for the most part, it's been, it's definitely been more good than that. Absolutely. Another good thing I want to talk about with NASCAR is really the race for the championship docu-series in USA. I think you and I have talked
1: about in the past how F1's got that Drag 5 series. You've seen how F1 in America has been
0: really thriving. How how productive and beneficial do you think this docu-series will be for NASCAR fans, new and old? Yeah, it definitely gives that chance, um, gives that opportunity for fans that that follow the sport, um, maybe in a more casual sense, that don't know a lot about the drivers, uh, look in. Uh, definitely gives the drivers and teams that don't necessarily have that huge creative content team that really pumps out that that uh, info and, and content for their fans on their social pages to be able to get you know, a really professional behind the scenes look at what's going on, an alternative viewpoint to you know what happens behind the scenes of the track at home wherever wherever they might be filming uh, on that day. it might be. Uh, So it's been great for that. Certainly, you know, uh, it's, we're we're showing, you know, it's still, it's, you know, it's USA Network, it's it's in America, so we're, you know, we're not really jumping outside of, you know, uh, a space that you haven't been in already, but it provides that opportunity uh, for people that may follow it in a more casual sense more. Hopefully we can expand upon that, because I think that would be the next step for sure to bring NASCAR to the next level here
1: i got a couple more questions here because I know you had to get ready for cup practice qualifying in Texas. And I'm going to say this in a, in a good way too. Compared to me, you have been really awesome about physical fitness. Like I feel pretty, pretty sorry about myself. Oh jeez. Like look at you, you're I mean you are really fit, you know, you've really, you know, thrived in this really hot, new condition, you know. How important has physical fitness
0: been for you to feel like you're not falling off to seat and you're able to give up extra 10% in the last final laps for instance? Yeah, um, it's been really, it's been, it's been bigger than I realized and Knew this new car was going to be more challenging. It was going to be warmer, um, but they made some late, last-minute adjustments. Uh, you know, in, in off-season testing, to pull this car up a lot, and that's certainly probably for the for the health of all the drivers was the right move. Um, but more than anything, um, you know, in some ways this year, especially, it's been different for me, uh, where a lot of that physical fitness routine in the beginning of the year really got me ahead and got me ready for the year. Whereas you know, the last two three months have been a little bit crazier. There's stuff going on, um, the schedule becomes more chaotic, more hectic when you can't get those consistent weeks of working out in, you kind of have this foundation that you can fall back on that you're good to go with. So you been going through that process a little bit here the last uh, two or three months where you can't get to the gym as much as you want, not finding the time to do the, those type of things that you need to, um, but at the same time, you know, you'd know like to do that, but it would also mean you're sacrificing uh, putting the time into the simulator or other areas that need that attention so for for me, it's been a new experience with that this year. Um, but uh, thankfully, the work that I put in, you know, from about this point uh, through the start of the through the start or the spring of this year, has really carried me through to this point. It's always a balancing act, wouldn't you say? Yeah. No, you, 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 you got to be consistent about it. I haven't been, unfortunately, and uh, thankfully worked, worked hard enough at it throughout uh, most of this summer and. and off-season to where uh, you know, I'm not really falling into a dangerous place. Let's make it fun for these last two questions because I'm not always morbid
1: and always talking about business. I'll leave that to the networks. I'm kidding. Now, if you had access to Marty
0: McFly's DeLorean time machine, what time and place would you go to and why? My age currently, you're a young I, it, I At 26, I would have to say probably like 1988 i to go back to my decade. Yeah, I, I'd probably go back there and stay there. <laughs> no one can come back. <laughs> well, they, I'll say this, the music's good, the hairdos, I don't know about that. Yeah, it was a style back then, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I was working on it, but, you know, I don't know. Everything, uh, everything about that time period um, just, seemed, just seemed a little bit more fun. I don't know. Well, can always ask me about that because
1: I know my hairdo
0: in the 80s, not that great. I don't know about you, Jimmy, if it was any good. I graduated high school in 80s. It was a wonderful time. <laughs> yes, you would have enjoyed. Yes, sir. Well, there you, you would go. Have enjoyed.
1: I like that answer. And speaking of hair, for my last question, because that's all we, all we talk about TPF. I promise it's not. Now, when you won your first coveries, I think it was Road America. A lot of fans on social media were sharing that photo of you with that really long hair. You I think from 2012, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about oh I'm impatient. I, I don't want to do long hair. But
0: is there a chance maybe 2023 that we might see uh, Justin Bieber and Tyler Rende come back? Well, uh, I don't know, I just got rid of all my progress and hit the reset button. We um, talking about working out and sweating and stuff. Uh, my hair just be a complete mess in the car, working out, whatever it would be. Uh, just made me feel like my head was about 10 degrees warmer at all times, so I just I had enough.
1: Well, there you go, F- com- there you go, folks. The hard, cold truth from Tyler Reddick. Long hair, don't care. But anyways, folks, this is Tyler Reddick for TPF Live. Best of luck, my friend, in the round of 12, round of eight, whatever the rest of these races are call, called because your ambition is to get the place. So, yep, i see it happen. all right? All right, I'll be my bus Thank
0: you. Good luck, man. Appreciate it. Thanks
1: so much. Well, folks, that was Tyler Reddick, driver number eight Lenovo Chevrolet, fielded by Richard Childers Racing. And my thanks, of course, to Tyler for taking the time on Saturday afternoon for that interview. And, of course, Jimmy White of RCR's media department. Such a great guy, such a really fun class act and uh even jimmy made an appearance in that interview um because hey he was around in 1988 we wanted to know what hairdos are like in the 1980s um and nathan's like i don't even remember the 1980s but uh maybe you should know what time and place you want to go to if you had the um the time machine from back to the future driven by marty mcfly but hey we're gonna hear a lot of different answers on that one in the next several weeks so I'm sure after you hear our podcast, you'll want to watch Back to the Future. But as far as my content's concerned, coming up this week, we will have the video version and the digital print version of my interview with Tyler Reddick coming up on, you know, the Penny and Finish, and as well as on my YouTube channel. Um, and also after that, we have an interview that I will be releasing with Kyle Larson as well, in both video and digital format as well. So that's some of the stuff I'll be working on. And there might be a bonus one out there for you folks. Just stay tuned. Yes, I'm doing a little teaser. So can't can't tell you everything, folks. You just have to stick around and see what my socials are going to tell you. But Nathan, what are you up to this week?
2: Yeah, I am up to hopefully covering the, excuse me, hopefully covering the Talladega um races ho- again hopefully on schedule um maybe have a little bit of other content coming out later this week um depending on if you have some uh any virtual media availabilities or not we'll be on those but um that's is basically it for me a little a little bit of a quieter week for me this week which is kind of nice so been kind of running around with a like a chicken with my head cut off here the last couple weeks so it'll be nice to have a little a little bit of a breather <laughs>
1: Oh, you should promote the fact that you had an article in Tap into Greater Olean, um, in which you talk about your experiences being on the road covering NASCAR. So folks, check out um that article that's on Tap into Greater Olean, or go into Twitter and look up the handle at Greater Olean. That's O-L-E-A-N tap. Nathan talks about what it was like to be on the road covering. The five NASCAR races he did this year. He saw a bit of everything, just as I saw a bit of everything at Texas Motor Speedway. So fun, fun piece. Definitely recommend it for you folks just to know what it's like to be on the road because um, yeah, we all enjoy it. Let's not, let's not like you know, dilute that fact. But of course it's challenging. And if you're independent like us, we don't have like uh a stipend we're not being reimbursed we're doing this out of pocket on our own folks but we do yeah. it because we love it and we want to just you know bring the racing action home to you folks
2: and hey i'm 19 i can't even check into most of these hotels so i'm usually yeah, staying in the uh on the sketchier sides of town and little motel sixes and if i'm lucky maybe a red roof in but <laughs> yeah actually, you gotta do
1: yeah oh for sure i can't come blind i'm i'm I will say I am young enough to, I'm not young enough. I am old enough to be going to good hotels, but soon enough, my friend, you will be at those good old hotels, the three-star ones that are not so dainty. Uh, maybe they can sponsor us as well. So we can, you know, maybe save a little money for these racing events for next season or in the future, because we will be at several races in 2023. Yeah, so me and you, we're done doing on-site races, unfortunately. But hey, we're going to give it our best remotely, and then we're going to get retooled, refocused, ready for 2023. But it doesn't mean we get off the gas pedal, because even though episode 47 is just about to come to a close, episode 48 is going to be, as the kids say, balla. I don't know why I said it like that. I sounded like I had a British accent. Because next week, it's the post halladega Charlotte Roval edition. You know what that means, folks? We're bringing in AJ Almendinger. That's right. AJ Almendinger will be our guest next week. And uh, for you folks who like to keep score on how many times I get rid by AJ Almendinger, I think you will want to probably stick around to see just how many jabs I get towards my way. But it's all in playful fun. I love hanging out and talking with AJ. And I think this interview will have you folks probably in stitches at a, on a few occasions. So stay tuned for that, folks, because, <laughs> oh, boy, um, some of it is just like great funny banter. You almost have to think that we're a comedy two- duo. And yes, folks, if you're near Andy's and custard, please, please try it out. It's really awesome. I tried the almond dinger. And yes, it's amazing. So try it out. It's a great, great dessert to have during these really warm or cold fall days, depending on where you are in the country right now. But anyways, again, for you folks on the path of Hurricane Ian, we hope you do keep safe. And if we can be of any distraction for you in these crazy times, we're happy to be that. But most of all, we want you to be safe with your family and friends. Things can get replaced. We want you folks to be okay. And we hope everything will be fine after all of this is over. But it is time for us to wrap up TPF Live Episode Forty Seven, and we're gonna get ready for Episode Number Forty Eight. And before we wrap up the show, yes, I forgot to mention Parker Klugerman will be in the Xfinity race driving for Big Machine Racing. So that's a pretty awesome situation for our friend, and uh, we'll see how he does in that race. But right now, let's go wrap up the show, and Nathan. Always an awesome job having you as the co-host and for all you do here on TPF Live. So can't wait for next week, the birthday edition of TPF Live. I don't mean for the show, I mean for me. Because I'm going to be young <laughs> at 23 plus 14. Anyways, for David Nathan Solomon and Tyler Reddick. I'm your host, Rotty Youngson. And we want to thank you all for tuning into TPF Live, the fastest hour of racing talk. For previous episodes, you can catch those on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcasting platforms you listen to. Check out Podium Finish Live next week with AJ Almeninger and us back on this show. And you can catch those, of course, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But until next time, folks, let's go get that checkered flag. And as I say on all of these shows, so long, everyone.